you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And now, Move the Sticks. Ten takeaways from week 14 with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and Rhett Lewis. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks presented by AARP. It's Daniel Jeremiah, Rhett Lewis. Our buddy Bucky Brooks is over in London, Rhett. So he's going to be joining, sprinkling in a couple of his takeaways from the weekend. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Uh, Great to have Bucky dishing the knowledge internationally uh, again this week. Uh, Excited to have him uh, and his two takeaways here. And uh, look, man, this uh, this was I, I called it on game day live yesterday on NFL Network. The best Sunday of NFL football this season, and it happened yesterday. It's awesome, man. It was so much fun to be a part of. I don't think that's. I don't think. I don't think that's a hot take at all. No, it's not. It's uh, just just reality. That's what I give you. Facts. Ah, That's right. (laughs) Facts. Facts. There you go. He's the facts man. Yeah, that's just the facts. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the takeaways here because we got got a lot to get to. And uh, I'll I'll lead us off. Big game, big win taking place in the NFC West. The Rams. They have some balance on offense. Jared Goff under center, looking to build on a 21-9 lead. He gives to Gurley. He tries the left side to the perimeter. A vicious stiff arm, and he goes in on his feet. Touchdown, Todd Gurley. Touchdown, L.A. With 11.07 to go in regulation, it's out to 27-9. And for Gurley, it's his 12th touchdown in nine games against the Seahawks. 
Well, there you go. Todd Gurley getting yeah. it done on the ground. Ended up uh, 23 for 79, <clears throat> caught four balls for 34 yards. But to me, Rhett, the balance came off of that because then you started getting that boot game, which is so dangerous with Jared Goff. It's where he's at his best, in my opinion. You get him on the boot, on the move, left or right, doesn't matter. But they get those level concepts going where you've got three levels. He's got clear sight lines, easy reads, and he puts the ball right where it needs to be. And those are tough to defend, right, for defense? I was just watching a couple of, no the, of the plays that you sent me. On one of them, you got three guys chasing the deep throw, which didn't even look like it was really a part of the progression at that point. And then you got, you know, then you got two guys who are trying to cover one, and then you get the middle level kind of sneaking out and Robert Woods that was there for a big gain yep. on one of those plays. I mean, that's, that is really tough to defend. Uh, and, and then the other thing that I noticed in this game was we got the receiver run game going once again for the Rams. Uh, they lead yep. the league. We're and, waiting for that. Yeah. And I mean, five carries from Josh Reynolds and Robert Woods that went for nearly 60 yards and almost all of them went for first downs. Those are big time plays, even if they're, they're just five of them. I mean, that was that was impressive. Yeah, one thing on the other side, uh, Quandre Diggs looking like a pretty good pickup. I know they didn't win this football yeah. game, but a nice trade for the Seattle Seahawks. He goes and gets two picks. He's been lights out since um, he showed up in Seattle. But really, just, just disappointed overall. Seattle offense couldn't get anything going, couldn't protect the quarterback, and uh, and they, they really it wasn't really a contested game. I mean, the, the Rams just kind of put it on them. Right, and the Rams' defense has been very Jekyll and Hyde this year. We've had some really good games and then some games where they just get dominated like we saw against Baltimore. But this time and in this game, they got the Rams' defense got off the field 70% of the time. Against Russell Wilson and in, in the dual threat that he poses, I think that's pretty impressive and, and a big reason why they were able to, to limit what the Seahawks were doing on offense. All right, no doubt. Well, for our next takeaway, take we're going to go to Bucky, and he's got a little something on a rookie quarterback. Drew Locke gives the Denver Broncos juice. Texans will rush four. Shotgun snap. Locks looking. Looks left. Throws left. Into the end zone. Pass is caught. Noah Fant. Touchdown, Denver. Noah Fant with the touchdown reception, his third of the season. When you look at the rookie quarterback and how he has performed for the Denver Broncos, you have to be impressed. 300-yard day, three touchdowns. And I think the thing that is most impressive about Locke is the energy that he has brought to the team. His swag, his confidence, his ability to inspire his teammates. That is exactly what you look for from a franchise quarterback. We talk about it all the time. A franchise quarterback gives your team hope. He has given the Denver Broncos hope by the way that he has performed. If the Broncos keep this up, I think they end up rolling into 2020 with a lot of confidence that they got a QB1. Yeah, Bucky makes some great points there, Rhett. And a couple things I want to remind people about Drew Locke. This guy started 40-plus games in the SEC. So yeah. he got a lot of experience playing against high-level competition. And look at the amount of time he was allowed to sit because of that thumb injury throughout the beginning of his rookie campaign. So you've got a lot of snaps, but then you've also got that adjustment period every rookie quarterback has to make. He had the benefit of sitting, watching, really, really learning this system. And Bucky used that word, kind of that swagger, that confidence. You could see it. After every touchdown, he was jawing uh, with the Houston Texans. He was feeling it a little bit. And I love, to me, you can't be too confident as a young quarterback. Give me all that swagger. Give me all that confidence. Well, it looks like he's also bringing out the best in his fellow rookie, in Noah Fant. And, and that's encouraging yeah. to see. So now... Let's just take a quick look back at the 2019 draft class here for the Broncos. You got Noah Fant, 
who they traded back with Pittsburgh, and we're still, we thought they might take him at 10. They end up going back to 20 and getting Fant. And he's, he's had an up-and-down season, but look, these last couple of games have been you know noteworthy in terms of progress with Drew Locke. And then you got Dalton Reisner, who started every single game for them along the offensive line this year, uh, was there, uh, was another second-round pick, right? And then they go and get Draymond Jones later. He, uh, you know, look, he's had some injury, got injured in this game, but in the last seven, like since week seven, he'd been a part of their rotation. Those are your first four picks. You're feeling pretty good about that moving forward. And for a team that's kind of struggled in terms of big-time draft classes in the last couple of years, that's, again, some signs of life in a season that we thought was lost. And don't forget their first-round pick from last year. Bradley Chubbs missed a season. So exactly. they're going to get him back next year as really one of the best young pass rushers in the NFL, teaming back up with Vaughn Miller. So some hope, some optimism there on the horizon for the Denver Broncos and their organization. Looks like maybe uh, they finally figured out this whole quarterback thing. Uh, what do you got next, Rhett? Next up, even in a win, the Browns lose. Mayfield shotgun, he's got the snap. Back, settles, looks up in the pocket, runs left to the corner. He's to the 10, he's to the 5, he dives around the pylon. No signal, now they do. Touchdown, Baker Mayfield. What a job by his body to hook around the pylon and get it in as he runs it in from seven yards out on third and goal. So in a game where we should be talking about a Browns victory, Baker Mayfield rushing touchdown and the rushing attack as a whole really coming in and kind of proving and picking up where they left off from a year ago when they kind of caught fire late in the season. Instead, we are talking about another installment of Cleveland drama. I'd say that, you know, wasn't handled right. Uh, He's not able to run as well as he should be able to, uh, as well as he knows, and that's frustrating for him. Uh, it's you can sense that's some of his frustration where that comes from. So uh, it wouldn't handle the right way in our training room. So uh, we'll, we'll, you know, it is what it is. And so his not 100 percent is still good enough for us. So that's Baker Mayfield talking about the report that came out wow. before the game that Odell Beckham has been dealing with a sports hernia injury since training camp. And one of the reasons why we just haven't seen him take off this season for Cleveland. And then he. I mean, he says inadvertently throwing the training staff under the bus for their mishandling of the whole situation. Now, I do want to mention he did come out and clarify his remarks and apologize that he wasn't trying to, again, take shots at anybody within the organization. But again, this is this was after a win. And this is what we're talking about here. (laughs) This is after a win. Uh, And this is not the first time I want to just read to you a couple of headlines that I saw on Cleveland.com today. Again, after a win. This is what it says. Cleveland Brown beats Cleveland Browns beat Cincinnati Bengals, but uneasiness lingers. Another headline. The Browns <laughs> have won four of their last five games. So why doesn't it feel like it? I mean, that, that's what we're talking about here. I mean, you go back to the, you know, obviously when they beat uh, Pittsburgh the first time, you have the whole uh, uh, Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation. That taints another victory here in the division, a big one, right? And then going into the second Steelers game, they lose, and you're, again, you're talking about the T-shirt thing with Freddie Kitchens. This team cannot get out of their own way. What is going nope. on there? Is it systemic? Is it an organizational issue? Is it something that you can fix? I don't know, but, man, they, we, you, can't, you cannot sustain uh, as a successful organization dealing with this kind of stuff week in and week out. 
I feel like we I've given this speech so many times I won't bore everybody with the same speech. I mean it's two words, maturity and poise. And yeah. that's two things. And it's not just Baker Mayfield, it's an organization wide situation there that they just lack. They they don't have maturity, they don't have poise. They've they've struggled to handle adversity and success. Right. Uh, so you know, look, the, the Browns again a lot of a lot of pieces in place. Well, Baker turned the ball over a couple times, but he's overall playing better. They're running the football really well. A lot of things to like, but man, it's just like you said, right? Every every week it's something else, and it's just, it's just to me the biggest thing, just a lack of maturity. Right. There is a lot to like, like the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb run game and pass game out of the backfield yeah. is as good as we're seeing in football right now. And again, and, and then like that's not even to mention the fact that you got the report out there from Glazer, Jay Glazer, that Odell Beckham is telling basically anyone who out. will listen that he wants out already. I mean, like I, I, I'd love to give the guy the benefit of the doubt and credit to him for playing through a sports hernia core muscle injury that is as difficult as it gets because your core connects to everything um and i can imagine how painful yeah. that is for a receiver trying to deal with that but man it's just that it's got to stop following him it's got to stop following this team we're starting to get a few years removed now from the elite odell beckham too right? like that's not just right over it's your getting shoulder. further and further in the rear it's been a couple years now that's what i'm saying so anyways it something to keep an eye on one thing is cleveland always keeps it interesting we can't yeah, uh, you got that anything right. other than that so the schedule still favorable as they come down the stretch here. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go up to the AFC East, a team that's ran that division what seems like forever. But man, that is some ugly offense in New England. Takes the snap. Chief spring pressure. Left side throw. It is broken up in the end zone. Broken up in the end zone. A quarter route to Edelman. Knocked down by Brashad Breeland. Five yards deep in the end zone. The Chiefs hold on downs at the five-yard line. Well, that final play there, Rhett, kind of a symbolic of this Patriots offense where you had Jacoby Myers who was open. Tom Brady wouldn't throw the ball. Uh, our good buddy Dan Orlovsky over at ESPN did a nice job breaking that scenario yeah. down. You've got three drop passes from Jacoby Myers earlier in the game uh doesn't trust him wouldn't put it on him decided to force the ball into julian edelman and and this is an offense that just can't find anything they're not they're not, they're not winning up front like we've seen this offensive line do in years past without frank clark and company collapsing the pocket on tom brady um, you miss your center and andrews that showed up chris jones getting interior pressure there's no trust. I mean, I could go. We could go on and on and on about what's wrong with this Patriot offense. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, offensive line not getting it done. I mean, they're winning with defense, special teams, and trickery. Trickery on offense. I mean, that's yeah. how they got their two best plays in this game was the flea flicker touchdown to Edelman uh, to begin things, and then I think James White threw a pass to Jacoby Myers that was uh, th that went uh, for a chunk play. So I, I'm looking at Mohamed Sanu had 39 snaps. He had one target and one catch. Uh, on the day. Nikhil Harry played two snaps, two. Uh, wow. He had one catch and it was, I mean, unfortunately it was a catch that should have been a touchdown clearly stayed in bounds, uh, but the Patriots couldn't challenge it because they were already out of challenges. That obviously a big talking point in new England this morning is the fact that uh, it was not a great game by the officials on that crew. They uh, had some questionable calls uh, that uh, skewed more towards the chiefs in terms of impact. So, and then Jacoby Myers, the three drops, I mean, you, you called it wide open on a fourth down. Didn't, didn't go to him, but I, I think we should also give some credit it to the Chiefs defense. You remember we had Mike Garofolo on uh, with us on the aftermath last week and was talking about this is kind of a hallmark of Steve, Steve Spagnuolo led defenses. The defensive coordinator for the Chiefs was with the Giants for a long time when Mike was there covering that team and was talking about how those defenses got better as the season went on. And that is yep. absolutely the case here and proving that they they are definitely not a liability 
for the Chiefs moving forward, which is something we couldn't say a year ago. So that, of course, begs the question, you know, does that make this team a more viable Super Bowl contender moving forward? I'd have to say yes. Well, here, here's one question to tie, tie these together. Man, if the Chiefs can somehow close out strong, they've got the Broncos, the Bears, the Chargers, and the Patriots drop a game here. Now you've got the Chiefs vaulting into that number two seed. I, I think the Chiefs, if they're the three seed, could still go to the Super Bowl. I yes. do not think the New England Patriots having to play that extra game could make it all the way through. I just don't see that happening. Right. You want to see the Patriots at Arrowhead or the Patriots in Baltimore? Um, I I don't know. No. I, I don't think that'll happen. I mean, they still got to play the Bills again. And while I get the Bills yeah. didn't pass a test against the AFC elite in, with the Ravens this week, I mean, we'll, and we'll get to that here in just a minute, but, um, you know, that's not a given. The AFC East is not a given for the Patriots, which just seems strange nope. to say heading into week 15. All right, let's, uh, let's get to our buddy Bucky here, who is the president of the Ryan Tannehill <laughs> fan club. Ryan Tannehill is on fire. <laughs> Play fake, Tannehill looking, throwing deep down the middle, going for Brown. Brown's got it at the 50, breaks the tackle to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Ladies and gentlemen, that is 91 yards. Touchdown, Titans! Their longest touchdown pass in over five years. The Titans quarterback has really been the biggest change for their team, for their offense. Uh, you talk about a team that's won six out of their last seven. He had continues to do it in a spectacular way. 300-yard day, three touchdown passes, and what I like is the connection that he has with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, five catches, 153 yards, two touchdowns. This passing game complements a dominant rushing attack spearheaded by Derrick Henry. When they made the change to Ryan Tannehill, Mike Rabel wanted to give this offense energy because he was looking for a spark. Ryan Tannehill has responded in splendid fashion. He is the reason the Titans are maybe the most dangerous team in the AFC. Whew. Well, here's my reaction to Bucky's to Bucky's take there. He's all in. He's all in on the Tennessee <laughs> you Titans. Better believe it. Take there. But my but my takeaway actually goes back to college because I'm watching those highlights and I'm talking about Bucky and how he's bought in with AJ Brown and who's who wouldn't buy in the way he's sure. playing. Did did I miss it? Ole Miss. They won the SEC the year before, right, with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Dalton Knox. Right? Yeah. They, I must just not be looking at something correctly. No, yeah, you just How in the world it, yeah. were they not better with all these guys? Uh, Good night. I know. I guess it comes down to the quarterback, right? Um, but, look, I, you're, you're right. That, that's been – I mean, A.J. Brown has had some huge games. Makes you wonder, you know, when are we going to get Corey Davis? Like, is he capable of some of those big games uh, as well? And are they going to have a nice one-two punch there? Um, we know what Derrick Henry can do, but look, when you're the subject of one of our takeaways for like six straight weeks, which Ryan Tannehill has yeah, been, you're doing, you're doing yeah. something right. I don't know if that alone will get him, you know, his next contract with the Tennessee Titans, but look, it's gotta be something you, you know, your agent talks about, uh, when he goes into ne negotiations with John Robinson, like, look, you know, DJ Bucky and Rhett are on the Tannehill bandwagon. He's been <laughs> on the move the sticks, 10 takeaway podcast, basically the whole season. This guy deserves big money. Um, but that is the question. Has he done enough to earn a contract with the Titans or with someone else? Because um, here's I, the thing. And, here's the thing. Yeah, go ahead. Rhett. He, he's a good player. Right. He's, a, he's always been a good player. If you're a good, not great player, your performance will depend on what's around you. So if he has some pieces around him, 
He's going to be successful. He's a good player. He's not an elite, great player that's going to pull everybody else along with him. He's well established with who Ryan Tannehill is. So if you feel comfortable and confident about the roster you have around him, absolutely, you play with Ryan Tannehill, you're going to win a lot of football games. I'd say minimum they franchise tag him at this point with what he's done thus far. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. the next he's three the next three games will determine whether they decide to pony up the five years, $150 million, you know, the $30 million deal. Because the next three games, they've got the Texans twice, which will determine the winner of the AFC South this year. They also got to play the Saints yeah. in that mix. So they go Texans, Saints, Texans. That's as tough as a three-game stretch as there is in the season. To me, that determines whether they go after him long-term or whether they're going to go franchise tag and let him play that out. So I, I feel like that's where we're at. Who are you going to find at. that's better? Who are they going to get that's better than Ryan Tannehill? No, I, I, right right thing, now, man. probably nobody. Nobody. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. are you still, are you still so happy I, I, with I, that for the next five to six years is the question. Yeah, how long of a commitment right. do you want to make? That's and, what, and to that's me, what it's about. I, I hear what you're saying. Kind of how we close out d- depends yeah. on whether or not you want to do a long-term deal. To me, I think you kind of make the decision. We're comfortable with who he is. Now let's allocate our resources. Um, right, how do we keep him there? Yeah, team, exactly. Playmakers. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly So that's, right. we'll see what they do. That'll be a fun uh, one to watch. I don't imagine him playing for anybody other than the Tennessee Titans. No, I, I'm with right, you. I'm with one? you on that. Yeah, and I think Jameis Winston might be in a similar situation, which we'll get into later. Uh, up next for me, we're going to uh, Orchard Park, New York, where the Ravens' defense stands for the Ravens D stands for dangerous fourth down and eight Josh Allen out of the shotgun Devin Singletary with him in the backfield Raven show blitz here comes Earl Thomas off the edge Singletary's pass over the middle it is incomplete no flag on the play Marcus Peters with the play and with 103 left in Buffalo the haze in the barn and you heard uh, the radio call there talking about Earl Thomas and Earl after the game said this team, this Ravens team is as good as the Seahawks team he was on that obliterated the Broncos for a Super Bowl championship. And at this point, I'd have to agree with him because defensively they are, you know, that, that's maybe the one storyline about the Ravens that has been a little bit under the radar. They are proving that they're really good. I mean, like, and, and I think since Marcus mm-hmm. Peters has come over, for Baltimore, they've been even better. In fact, our pal Mike Silver, who we'll hear from on the aftermath today on NFL Network, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time, had a nice piece there uh, talking about what Marcus Peters has meant to this Wink Martindale defensive coordinator defense, and it, it, it has given him the opportunity to blitz more, to take more risks, because now you have Marlon Humphrey, you have Jimmy Smith, and Marcus Peters back there who can cover one-on-one which gives you the opportunity. I think they called, uh, Silver told us they called 14-0 blitzes in this game against Josh Allen. That's a lot. That is leaving your corners out Mm -hmm. there uh, to cover a lot with no help. And it it paid off. So that trade has been huge for Baltimore, bringing Marcus Peters in. He makes the deflection on basically the game-saving, the game-saving pass from Josh Allen to John Brown. And look, I think he's been a huge addition, a couple of pick sixes already. So um, that's uh, out there, NFL.com slash silver if you want to read it. But I, I think the defense is proven that they can make it stand up, you know, even when the offense and Lamar Jackson is not lighting up the scoreboard. Well, you mentioned the addition of, of uh, Peters there. And I want to go back to a couple losses they had back to back. The last two losses they've had this year, 
They give up to the Browns. They give or to the Chiefs. They give up 33. The next week they give up 40 to the Browns. The Browns and yep. then look at these numbers as they come down. Steelers they give up 23 in a win. Bengals 17. Seahawks 16. Patriots 20. Bengals 13. Texans that offense seven points. Wow. Rams that offense six points. Niners, although the weather was a factor there, 17 points, and then this Bills offense, 17 points. So uh, coming off those back-to-back losses, this defense just continues to improve and get better and better, and they've played some good offenses. Uh, I would love to have seen that 49ers game in a little bit better conditions to see how that would have turned out to give them a good challenge here. But spoiler alert, ain't going to get a test from the Jets this week. Right. Uh, Right. The question is whether or not the Jets are going to score. Uh, will be something to keep an eye on. And I've, I, I'll have i be honest, Red, I, I I fully appreciate and I would give my MVP vote to Lamar Jackson, but I'm still one of those people that every week I'm kind of, I'm just waiting, okay, somebody's going to try and is going to figure this out defensively. They're going yeah. to kind of solve this puzzle. And, and Bills, I keep thinking it's going to be this week, and yeah. then it's not, then it's the next week. Now, the 49ers slowed them down. Right. The Bills slowed them down. They've slowed it down, but when they've had to make plays They've still found a way to make just enough plays to win the football game. No, and, and that's it. That's the key, right? When they really need it, I feel like you can count on Lamar. Even if it's third and eight, you can count on him for nine yards on a scramble. Like even, you know, that's just the extra added dimension that you're just not going to get with every team in football right now. And I mean, he still goes out there. The throw he made to Hayden Hurst with a defender coming in yeah. like a missile at his midsection uh, and still on the money to Hurst, who races and outruns the rest of the defense for the touchdown, was as impressive as any I saw this week. So, you know, he's got all the tools. The, the thing on the flip side of this game that does give me some pause for the Bills prospects moving forward, as I think we're seeing a little bit of a line here with the AFC elite, yeah. the Ravens, and then a team, that's very, head on that line. A, a yeah. team that's very good in the Bills. And I think, I think what yeah. we're learning is – the Bills' pass game is not quite ready for prime time just yet against a really good defense. That's where I – because, I mean, they ran the ball actually decently against Devin Sing, uh, with Devin Singletary against Baltimore. It's where they kind of made their, made their hay. Yet they were still in a position to win and tie the game late. So I, I just – I think the pass game there for Buffalo is probably the difference. Yep, uh, I think that is, and that's the question for them going forward. You get in the postseason, right. the windows shrink, the field shrinks. You've got to be able to make three or four of those throws, and that's just kind of the question whether this Bills passing game is, is ready to take that next step. We'll have to wait and see. Most impressive thing, by the way, I've seen the last 24 hours, uh, Rhett being able to identify the correct camera. He is a pro. Uh, I'll just leave it there with that. All right, let's see. Yes. Like, let's get to the next one here, uh, which is the Indianapolis Colts and a complete flop job in Tampa. Three on the huddle pop. Here's the snap. Pass to the left side. Got a bubble screen set up. Tackle right at the point to make. No, fumble football. Picked up by the Buccaneers. Bucks have the ball. Tampa Bay is forced to take away. It's Mike Edwards with the football. Harlan Mack. Rolling on the field is fumble. And he fumbled the ball. Tampa Bay Buccaneers forced the first takeaway of the ball game. That's our 22nd of the year. Edwards, hang on to that pigskin. That's yours, buddy. And that was Devin White with forcing the fumble, who's really put together some big-time plays over the last month. He's been outstanding there for the Bucks. But, you know, Red, I know they've had injuries there in Indianapolis. Yeah. A lot of teams have had injuries. No, that's true. Man, what in the world is going on with this team? That's tough, man. It's Look, they were without Marlon Mack for about three weeks, just as he was really getting getting going when they had uh, that game against, I forget who it was, but they had the 200-yard rushers with him and Franklin. And then – you know, give me the quote from Bruce Arians about the two receivers, Marcus Johnson and Zach. It was funny. He just said, he said, look, we did, some, we did some good things. Um, 
offensively. At the, and I know, that, look, this Colts team was missing a lot of bodies. But, man, we made these Colts receivers look like Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. <laughs> they did. Uh, they really I did. I don't think that he views them in that light. So right. it was interesting takeaway uh, there from Bruce Arians. It was. And they've allowed 30-plus points in a game for the eighth time this season. That's tied for the most in the NFL. Um, however, how about Shaq Barrett? Quiet 15 sacks this season. I know. Uh, that's insane. Now, if they could just figure out the secondary a little bit, uh, they've got the players up, up front and on the second level with Devin White and Levante David. I mean, that's going to be fun to watch uh, for the next few years. They just, I mean, there's a lot of young players in that secondary that they've spent high draft resources on that just haven't come to fruition. But, but can we just, can, can I just talk about the best short term memory in the history of the NFL again? With Jam- Jameis Winston. Oh, Jameis? I mean, it, oh, with, yeah. without fail, no one is as unfazed by interceptions as Jameis Winston. And God bless him for it. Don't I care. Th- I think it's absolutely an admirable quality, and I am not making fun. This is a dead, straight-faced, serious take here. That is, that is a really important quality for starting quarterbacks. It's just he has to display it very often, which is the problem. But but can I just say that I just... Like, yeah, you know another important quality? Another important quality, <laughs> not the giving the ball right. to the other team right. repeatedly. Right. But here's, That's what I, the problem. here's what I want to say, DJ. I, I feel like I just want to hang out with Jameis. I want him to just follow me around. <laughs> because like anything that, goes, anything that goes wrong, he'll just be like, don't worry about it, dude. We'll get him next time. Watch, we'll throw a touchdown on the next yeah. on the next possession. It's That's no problem. Fine. Anything that happens, uh, you know, he's going to keep my spirits up. He's going to keep me resilient. He's going to highlight the positive in the face of negative. I want Jameis Winston around because he's going to make me feel better about myself. He's going to make me understand that, you know, when something goes wrong and, and you know, maybe I, I botch a, a bump on the aftermath later today, don't worry about it. You got another shot next time to throw a touchdown on that bump. Yep. On that tease. So thank you, James, I think it's, for again I think reminding it's, us of the optimism that's out there. I think it's cute that you said maybe you'll uh, <laughs> bump him. Yeah, maybe. Uh, What's that any, shirt any, you're wearing? Uh, What's it say? Stay positive? Come on. Stay positive. I'm positive you're going to mess up a bump. Uh, the... Uh, <laughs> Look, the thing, the thing with Jameis, I, I go back and, you know, look in the scouting side of things, the baseball, right? He played baseball at yep. Florida State. I would, I'm curious. I guarantee you he's had a couple experience of walking the bases loaded before striking out the side. You, I no question. That's no question. Yeah. Uh, that's a good, that's that a good a analogy. Uh, what do you got next? All right, I'll get us to the next one here. Uh, the Packers are at their best when Aaron Jones is the focal point. And the snap to give Jones up the middle, cuts it back, straight ahead to the end zone. He dives in for the touchdown. And the Packers take a 6-0 lead. Four-yard touchdown run by Aaron Jones in a Lambeau lead to the south end zone stand. Look, he was their leading rusher and their leading receiver in this game. Now, you can say what you want about the Packers. They go a 14-0 in this game. Looks like they're on their way to the, to a blowout, and uh, the foot kind of came off the pedal. Pedal comes off the floor a little bit, and they let the Redskins back into this game. They actually had a shot to recover an onside kick and then go down for uh, a field goal, but or, or another touchdown, rather. So, um, But the thing is, I think we're, we've seen when the Packers' offense is at their best, Aaron, Rod- Aaron Jones is what's driving it on the ground. They are most successful... Yeah. I mean, God, he had almost nine yards a carry in this game. Sixteen carries for over 130 yards. It, it makes you say, like, why didn't they? Why didn't they keep giving it to him? You know, why didn't they give it to him more? Um, God, I mean, 32 carries might have gotten him 300 yards in this game. Is what it felt like. So, um, and you're like, I know you're not going to do that, but I think I think we've seen with this uh, this Matt Lafleur 
led offense that they are a running football team. And when they run it really well, they can compete with anybody in football. And so, I, you know, I, that's that's what I feel like. Um, I, it makes me less worried that Aaron Rodgers is, has his ninth game with a sub-100 passer rating. I, like, I don't care about that when they're running the football well. I don't care about the no. fact that he's thrown for under 200 yards in three of the last five games when they are running the football successfully because you know what that does, DJ. You know, your defense isn't on the field for as long. Um, everybody's a little bit fresher. You know, the offensive line is, um, is, is working a little bit better in that regard. And you're keeping, you know, you're you're keeping hits off Aaron Rodgers. So I just feel like that's the way to go for this team. Yeah, I mean, in theory, yeah. I mean, they give up four sacks in this game, yeah. and I go back to watching them in person with the Chargers front getting after him. We saw what the 49ers front did to him. So you got to run it. Four sacks in this game to the Redskins. I know, but I just start thinking about this Packer team, and I start thinking about them getting in the postseason, and I look at the matchups that they're going to have in the postseason, and. Whether or not you're in the camp of Aaron Rodgers holds the ball too long, which he does at times, or whether you're in the camp that says this offensive line doesn't pass protect very well, that to me is a major, major cautionary tale for what's ahead of them once they get into the tournament. They've, they've got to get better in that area yeah. because you're right. you just can't keep drives alive when you're taking sacks like that. So that's my that's my one uh, piece there on the on The, the good news is that they can all they can sack the quarterback with the best of the teams as well, with Zadarius Smith and with Tristan sure. Smith and with Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary. I mean, there was one play where they caused absolute havoc for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I mean, a couple of plays like that. They sacked him, uh, um, I think, four times as well. So... Um, yeah, they got to him four, four times. There you go. All right, what do we got next? All right. Well, I always do one from the game I'm yes, at, doing do. those Charger games, and got to see something pretty unique in this game against the Jags, and it involved a very talented running back named Austin Eckler. Three left, two to the right. He throws a little wide receiver screen to Eckler, who was lined up with a wide receiver to the 40, 45, 50, Jaguar territory, 40, 30, 25, 20, 10, 5, touchdown just like that <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool right there to listen to that uh that was the jaguars side of things and then on the flip side i see you're now pulling a little tony romo action uh, as we were listening to this one on the radio of the chargers broadcast let's see how that unfolded with you and money Eckler now in for Gordon, out wide of the numbers right, and the slot is Henry left. He's got a linebacker on Eckler. And here comes a quick blitz. There's Eckler. Gets a block. 20, 25, 30. It's a foot race. 40, 50, into Jack's territory. 30, 20. Austin Eckler to the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. There was nobody there. I mean, you had blockers and two defenders, and once he got by that first line, there was nothing between him and the end zone. A foot race won by Austin Eckler. That was set up beautifully. I love that. I love the yeah, they had it. They had the screen set up on both sides, but it's, it's just fun to watch how they've used Austin Eckler. You know, the season has not gone the way the Chargers want to go, but he's on pace to have over 1,000 receiving yards. He's having a phenomenal year and, and goes 100-100 in this game, which is the first time since 1985, 100, 100 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards wow. uh, by a player. Lionel Little Train James was the last one to do that. I was shocked LT never had a 100-100 game. Really? When you consider how many, uh, how many balls he caught. Yeah, I was shocked by that. Huh. Um, but on that play, Rhett, they uh, they split Eckler out, and what we've seen going back to the Titans game, if you remember that game, that was a weird ending with the fumble by Melvin Gordon. Into oh the gosh, yeah, the goal line the stuff, yeah. But they were splitting Austin Eckler out, and early on in that game, they were matching him with a linebacker, and he was tearing him apart. So then, about halfway through, the Titans switched. They ended up pulling the linebacker, put a safety out there. Um, some teams have put a corner out there, but we haven't seen many teams 
match him with the linebacker since that Tennessee game. So when he lines up wide on a third and 10 with no middle field safety, and I look out there and you see a linebacker, like a little bell goes off and goes, uh-oh. Uh, that's not going to end well for Jacksonville. Well, I was thankful that we spot shadowed the linebacker, as you called it out there on the broadcast. When you when you mentioned, oh, there's a linebacker on Eckler, we did a little spot shadow because that was the last time you saw him in the frame. Because once Eckler got the ball, it was over. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell who it was, it was at that, that point. Was it. it was gone. Uh, that Yeah, look, that's crazy. And, I, you know, it, it makes me wonder what the Chargers are going to do with Melvin Gordon, you know, after the season. We can obviously get to that that question, uh, burn that bridge when we get there. But it does it is something, you know, worth figuring out since, you know, when Austin Eckler's been in there and been a focal point again, it's, it does seem like that's when the Chargers have also been at their best, right? And then, like, God, on the flip side, is this just trending towards another total teardown in Jacksonville? Like, well, how did how did oh, we get bad, here man. so quick? This is and this is a the thing. There's nobody in the stadium, uh, and it really emptied out early on. And then when you look at their their losses that they've had here uh, coming lately, twenty six to three, thirty three to thirteen, coming unglued, two to twenty, twenty eight to eleven, forty five to ten. I mean. They are getting their doors blown off. And on the other side of things, you look at this Chargers team. How's this for a nugget, Rhett? This team, the Chargers, have a plus 38-point differential. They're 5-8. and eight. Um, And then you look look at a team like the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. They're 10-3 and three with a plus 20-point differential. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He'll explain that one. Uh, you, Is that you unbelievable? Can't. You can't. Right. One getting ready, for, you know, one competing for the top spot in the NFC and, and one just playing out the string here. You know, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, next one. Last one. Best one. Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. 49ers have no yards rushing so far on two carries. Here's a play action to Kittle. Garoppolo looking for a deep ball. Going to throw one down the middle for Emmanuel Sanders. He's got it. He was knocked out. He can get up and run. He may have been touched down. Breaks a tackle. 10-5. Here's your football game. High snap. Wisnowski got it done. Robbie Gold's kick is good. <laughs> Robbie Gold beats the New Orleans Saints at the gun. Oh, man, that was a game. <laughs> My goodness, was that a game. Saints and Niners uh, was the game of the week, game of the year. Uh, had a little bit of that Rams-Chiefs feel from last year on Monday night, especially in the first half. They were just going score for score for score for score. And then this is what I'll say about it. Richard Sherman has been preaching it all season. He has scolded the media. And for whoever out there that has been questioning Jimmy Garoppolo and whether he was a reason for the 49ers success or whether they were succeeding despite him, um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo put those questions to bed in this game because he went blow for blow and throw for throw with Drew Brees on this day, kept the 49ers in this game, got them a lead, and then had to sit there and watch Drew Brees with about a minute or so left on the clock, march the Saints down for a touchdown drive that gave them the lead. So the vaunted 49ers defense gives up 46 points in this game, then gives the ball back to Jimmy Garoppolo down, down, right, 46 to 45, with 53 seconds left, and he engineers the game-winning field goal drive uh, to go win on the road in the most hostile and toughest road environment the NFL has to offer, one of, if you want to argue Seattle or Arrowhead. But I'll put the, the Superdome up there with any of them, and he gets it done. The fourth down throw... I get it. It was a short throw, still a big, a big play to be made. And obviously George Kittle deserves a lot of credit, but I think we have to recognize Jimmy Garoppolo 
as a fran- as the, in this game as a franchise quarterback, big boy, big spotlight type of win for this quarterback. And I think we need to start recognizing him as uh, as a true elite quarterback in this league. Yeah, he passes a confetti test. Yeah. You know, I talk about the confetti test all the time. Can you imagine him hoisting the trophy with the confetti yes. falling down? And I can do that with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's good enough for them to get all the way through uh, the tournament. Uh, interesting thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Halloween is a marker because nine touchdowns, seven picks before Halloween, 16 touchdowns, four picks uh, after Halloween. So he's really started to crank this thing up. And I think one of the key reasons for that, Emmanuel Sanders in that trade, we talk about personnel. There's a lot of different ways you can acquire talent. It's not just the draft. It's not just free agency. Don't forget that trade component. And as you look at the teams making their run towards the postseason, ask yourself this question. Would the Pittsburgh Steelers be still in contention without Minka Fitzpatrick? Nope. No. Uh, would the Baltimore Ravens be situated where they are without Marcus Peters? No. Would the San Francisco 49ers be exactly where they are right now without Emmanuel Sanders? No, I mean, these teams have made key pickups to help them make a push here uh, to try and get uh, where they all want to go. I I, I applaud those teams. Not standing pat, trying to be aggressive, make something happen, and and all these players have not just come in there and fit in. They've come in there and excelled and made a big difference. Look, that's a real credit to John Lynch and to Kyle Shanahan because you go back, their three most reliable receivers last year, Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor, and Dante Pettis, all three of which have been virtual afterthoughts this season. I mean, you have you comp- you have basically completely, and they're still there, right? They're also there. Taylor's been injured the whole season. Marquise Goodwin, is, I mean, he can't get on the field at this point, it seems. And then, and Dante Pettis is, I know he's been a little banged up too, but it's been Kendrick Bourne, it's been Debo Samuel, and it's been Emmanuel Sanders since he came over, and obviously George Kittle. But I'm just talking about at the receiver spot, you basically have a complete transformation, and you're still able you know, to get things done at that position. That is that definitely a credit to those guys and for putting those guys in positions where they, they can succeed. Um, I, I mean, man, I, I tell you what, man, you know, this, this brought me back to the days of uh, sitting up in section 253 in the Superdome and watching the Saints lose to the 49ers. And it was, it was Joe Montana <laughs> and, and Bobby Aber dueling, you know, I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't quite like that. Uh, Montana always won that one too, but um that was a fun game to watch. I, I hope we get a chance to see it again in the playoffs. Well, Rhett, that was a fun show. Great yeah. to have Bucky contributing from over in England. A lot to discuss here on today's Takeaway Podcast. We've got a couple more podcasts coming your way, including some special content. I'm not going to give it away, but some special content is on the way. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks, to everybody behind the glass, for making this thing go. Rhett Lewis, for Daniel Jeremiah, for Bucky Brooks. This has been Move the Sticks, presented by AARP. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and Rhett Lewis. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. 
Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.